Hi, my name is Yemi, and I'm here with my co-host, Philia. Hey. And welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast surrounding open discussions on faith and relationship. So, Philia, what are we discussing today? Well, we're in the season of The Power of Parables, where we take a closer look at the parables of Jesus Christ and put a current spin on it. Great. Which parable are we covering today? Well, today we will be reading the parable of the faithful and wise servant, which can be found both in Matthew and Luke. Today, I will be reading from Matthew 24, verse 36 to 51, and Luke 12, verse 48. And it begins. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the son of man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servant and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour, he's not aware of it. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in Luke 12, verse 48, a very important verse is, but he shall anew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask more. Amen. Amen. So this is a very interesting parable because... Um, what Jesus does is talk about a few things and he's talking about uh, uh, the end of days or when he's returning. Right. And he says a couple of things in this in, in, in this parable, right? He talks about the um, faithful servant um, who's waiting for him. He talks about the unfaithful servant, right. <laughs> what punishment. He talks about the thief that comes in at night. So I think there's a couple of things that we want to unpack here. Okay, yes. First, I want to go to the unfaithful, unfaithful uh, 
uh, servant. Okay. And I want to know why he was punished, right? The end of the days come and Jesus re returns. Why is he punished? Why does he get the, the lashings? I think for me, the unfaithful servant gets the lashes because at the time you're not expecting Christ to come. So it shows that the person is not living by example. It shows, I think this idea of what integrity is. Integrity is what happens or what you do when no one is looking, right? So the unfaithful servant, I think gets the lashes because he has no integrity. Mm. Now the person who has integrity, whether he knew Christ was coming or not, whether he had it, you know, there's no plan because you don't know. He's still always trying to live as righteous as he can be, because at any given time when Christ shows up, hopefully that's the time that this man is always being righteous. Right. I mean, I guess, I mean, Jesus is pretty much saying, stay ready so you don't have to get stay ready. ready, ready. <laughs> always be ready. Always be ready because he can come at any moment. Right, right. And, you know, you 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 tacked on um, the verse from Luke because that's not in Matthew, right? right. Mm -hmm. Luke has that extension that goes on to talk about the, um, the punishment for the unfaithful servant. Correct. And he right. also... Jesus also um, brings in like the servant who's unfaithful, but did not know better. Yes. And, and he says that the one who, who, who received the instructions mm -hmm. got more punishment mm -hmm. than the one who didn't did know. Right. Right? right. And I think that's so interesting because I'm like, why don't they just both receive the same amount of lashings that like they both did wrong. Right. So why is the one, um, the servant who got instructions held to a different standard? Because if you know better, you'll do better. That's the idea. Well, that's the idea, but in right. truth, like, is that how it really happened, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, so when you think of it, if you know better, you'll do better. So I think you're, hold more, you're held more accountable. So I think the reason why the person who received the instruction got more is because he's held accountable because he knows more. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... We as Christians, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm not going to speak for every Christian, but right. I know Christians, we fall, right? Like mm -hmm. there's a song, we fall down, we get back up, right? right? But we fall, we fail, we come short. And, you know, you know, we're not always ready. Right. Right. We can be caught doing all kinds of things we've seen. But, you know, we can ask for redemption, forgiveness, and God freely gives it, you know, if we're true in our hearts. If we're true in our hearts. And we're right. humble. Correct. Um, but I, I think about that because, like, I mean, we as Christians, we do make mistakes, right? We're not perfect. We're still born into sin and we succumb to the things of the world. And I'm just like, whoa. Well, what if you, Christ comes when you were doing yeah, that? I'm like, but I would, but you didn't see me those 99 <laughs> days before this hundredth day, right? right? Like, why are you harping on this hundredth right. day? And right. you gonna you gonna treat me worse than this person? It's over like here? stealing the cookie from the cookie jar. I swear, I never took it. This was my first time trying it, right? But that person stole every day, right. every day. Right. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. But again, what we do know is that God knows our heart, and Jesus knows our heart, right? So I think that if that did happen and you were caught doing something you weren't supposed to do, I still think you'll be forgiven. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, you know, some things to be said for holding um, these two categories of people right. to different standards, mm -hmm. because I think God is saying, well, Jesus is saying that, you know, when we take on the, the cloak of Christianity mm -hmm. and we go out in the world and we proclaim ourselves as Christians, people are looking at us. People superheroes. are looking at us as, I'm not superheroes, <laughs> but as, as examples, <laughs> exactly, right? Of course, yes. They're, they're looking at our actions to see, is this what Christians do? Right. And so if we're hypocrites or we're 
doing the wrong thing and that's what they're learning it's it's almost as like we're poisoning the kingdom because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and other people are looking at like first of all that can dissuade people from becoming christians i know people have a, a a lot of um mixed feelings when it comes to organized religions and and people make all kinds of comments about churches right Mm -hmm. they'll say they're only in it for the money they're doing all kinds of things we can see preachers doing all kinds of things leaders of the flock doing all kinds of bad things and it gets publicized because you know today we are in a in a we're in a time period where everything gets pushed on the internet so you get to see all their wrongdoings right they're always on display right and so People are looking at that. You know, people have like this, uh, um, they have insight into what these leaders are doing. Mm-hmm. And it dissuades them from going to church. They say, well, you know, this is not something I want to be a part of. Like, you know, you can go and you get swindled or like they're taking all your money or they're always asking for money. And it's like, I can't even pay my bills. Why do I have to give you my money? So there's all kinds of things that happen in church that dissuades people, people. Uh-huh. and and they look at Christians and they hold them to a different standard because we put on this cloak of Christianity okay. and a lot of times you know some I'm not going to say all of us um, do it but some Christians have you know they kind of act like they're righteous I was right going like to say more <laughs> like a superior complex in a exactly, sense exactly right? exactly right. exactly superiority complex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you and what happens in that is that. I think people then start to find your wrongs as opposed to seeing you as just human and making the same mistakes. Yeah. When you put that complex on, it's like, oh, I can do no wrong. Um, you know, I'm worthier, I'm high and mightier than thou. And I think that is the wrong is, you know, the most wrong thing that you can do. And it's not, it's not Christian-like to do that. You know, it's like really Christian-like is to, well, be more Christ-like is to, be humbled, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And I think humility is key. And I think that as Christians, we have to learn that you, humility is a, I would say, a characteristic that people admire, you know, and a lot of people are not are, are not that. And I think we would be the best examples of showing that if we humble ourselves and in, to others, regardless of their status in society or whatever the case might be. It's true. I yeah. think humility is very important. I think as a leader um, that, you know, I mean, I don't think that leaders are not humble. I wouldn't say some of them do have like suffer from hubris, but I wouldn't say that they're, that they don't get up there and say like, I have fallen, I have done this, I have done that. I think sometimes we as people look at them and we put them at a different standard, even though we know that they're human. I know I'm definitely guilty of putting people on On a pedestal. pedestal. Mm -hmm. And when they fall, I judge so harsh. I'm like, oh, but you know, you said this and you said that. And I have to remember, like you said, that they're They're human human and to give them grace and and it just reminds me of like um mike todd and um Mm -hmm. pastor mike todd and what he did with that it's still hawking mm, Mm -hmm. it's still it still disgusts me to this day yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, you know, there was a lot of discussion about it. And Mm -hmm. some people are like, oh, you know, he's a leader. How can you do that? He's Mm -hmm. not Jesus. Why does he think he can perform miracles? Blah, blah, blah. It's like all these things were all these conversations were happening. And there was another conversation like people make mistakes and we have to give grace because Jesus gives us grace. Right. right? So who are we not to? Right. right. I mean, maybe, you know, when the time comes, he'll get more lashing because right. he should have known <laughs> better. He should have known better. <laughs> exactly. known better. Right. 
right. um, and and not you know uh, you know put this because again like when you put people on a pedestal mm -hmm. and you hold them to a certain standard you expect more of them Correct. and you're looking at them as a leader an example and you follow and and if you're going to proclaim yourself you know as a christian and you know have disciples people who follow and watch you mm -hmm. you got to you you're going to be held accountable for your actions right you like you know, I even think about myself, you know, people criticize me for all kinds of things. And I, and sometimes I'm like, other times I really have to reflect. Have I really to. have to say, you know what? Look in the mirror. Yeah, I got to be humble, right? right? I got to say, you know, maybe that was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm trying to be a better example because I know for myself and I, and I think the same is for mm -hmm. you that we want to be walking, living, breathing testimonies Absolutely. of God's love. Absolutely. And you know God's love is forgiveness. So if we're gonna ask for forgiveness, we have then to we give must forgiveness. Also yeah, exemplify yeah. that. You know, I look at it even like with my own children. I'll accuse them of something, and like I remember it was something small. Like I bought you know uh, sour straws candy and put it in the the back seat so that when my kids come in the car they can use it. So I forgot that I had that I, bought, I purchased two. So it was only one. So I see my son eating it, eating it, and I turn around and he's like, oh. I said, how many have you eaten? He said, eight. I said, how many comes in the back? Nine. So you didn't leave one for your sister? And he's like, uh, uh, no. I said, why would you do that? You think that I would just purchase one? And he said, no, there's another one. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I apologize for yelling at you. But it was like, I had to immediately like, wait a second. I just yelled at him. He was scared. He answered the correct question, but I did not know that there was a second one. But immediately I apologize. I say, I apologize for yelling. I'm sorry. Yes, you, you can have the whole thing, you know? So it's just kind of interesting how it's like, I'm the mother and there, there might be parents who feel like I should not, I don't have to apologize to you, you mm, know? Mm, and mm, <laughs> mm, African but parents. Exactly. It's like, what do you mean? Must I apologize to you? You know, it's like, who are you? <laughs> you I am the mother and you are the child. You must Okay, eat. so what? So exactly. what? Exactly. Don't eat everything. <laughs> ask, ask Exactly. Us. So I, I definitely uh, wanted to be a different parent. And my mom said, you know, I really like the fact that when you are wrong, you apologize. That's actually a very, very impressive quality because I ne definitely did not you know, teach you that, you know, it's like, it's so difficult what to say you're wrong because I think it shows weakness. They feel like it shows weakness by apologizing, but I think it takes strength to apologize when you're wrong. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it takes humility, right? Correct. The two things we talked about are, are uh, humility and integrity, right? right? Because, right. you know, the things that you do, the, the things that you continue to do, that's right. When even no, no one, one is, is looking, that is so important. Yeah. And, um, Another another aspect, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we focus on the unfaithful and the ones doing wrong. Let's talk about the, Let's talk about the faithful and wise, yes. the wise and faithful, oh, right? Yeah, and <laughs> faithful people. And um, and right. Jesus is saying that you know this is the person who is given responsibility, right. and he, you know, he fed the servants. He was given a task, and while his master was away, mm -hmm. he did the right thing, right? Right. And this is the one who's going to be given more, right? Jesus says, I'm going to give more to the one who was wise and faithful. Correct. So I guess my question is, like, are, are, are we always wise and faithful over the responsibilities uh, um, God gives us? I think that we try to be, but I think as human beings, we are cursed with the inequities of, I don't know, I think we can't help ourselves. 
So it's important to make a concerted effort. It's important to, I say ABC, always be Christ-like, you know? <laughs> right? I never always, heard that one. <laughs> always be Christ-like, right? So is that ABCL? That's, a, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> right. So, so it's, I, I think it's really important, but I think that the reason why Jesus, <laughs> Jesus puts that onus on us uh, or those that, you know, are faithful because everyone looks to us as that symbol. Like you say, we wear that cloak of Christ, right? I like that. And we have to lead by example and people will harsh, will judge us harshly because you have that cloak on. So you can't be the ones making all those mistakes. And if you do, you have to also acknowledge and understand that wait a second i made a mistake but also have enough humility to say i'm sorry i made a mistake because you know what you realize even in america we are very forgiven like people have done horrible things in society but the minute they come out everybody loves a story that they apologize next thing you know you forgive them you're back to buying their music you're back to supporting them you're back to watching the shows i mean that's just how it is like we we, we, we we're a forgiven society i mean we roast you and we put you through hell but if you apologize sometimes you you you, you you're redeemed sometimes. and sometimes <laughs> i know not everyone but you know what for the most part i think that we we tend to see that so so i think I think, you know, being humble, I think it's is really important, but also knowing that when you wear that cloak of Christ, you are looked upon as, and to lead by example. So you must be, you know, you must, I think, be cognizant because you have that cloak. Right. You can't just do anything you want to do because you're not in that life anymore. You've crossed over. So it's important. That is your moral obligation to, to live by example. If anyone be in Christ, he or she <laughs> mm -hmm. is a new creature. And I and I think God will give us responsibilities, even as new Christians. Correct. And and the responsibilities are gonna be based off of what you can do. And so if he leaves you right in charge of something, you're supposed to do what you, you have responsibility to, to do what he asks Amen. of you to do. And Amen. he gives all of us responsibility. Not everyone has the same, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, we have t uh, time, treasury, talents is what mm. my pastor always says. God gives us these things. The three T's, A, B, C's, and the three T's. And the three T's. So you have your time, your talents, and your treasury, and you're responsible, right? You're responsible for it. And what does God tell us to do, right? He tells us to, to give, to give of our time, talents, and treasury to the kingdom of God, to each other, to, to believers, non-believers, to our community. We're supposed to be doing good works in society. Right. A lot of time, we just keep all these things to ourselves, right? You have people who can sing, who never use that gift and, and they may lose it. Right. I think I'm an example. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You have people who, you know, don't cultivate certain things and, and, and they lose because they're not doing it or they're not doing it for God. Right? right. Like you can lose a lot because you're not putting God, you're not using your gifts for God or Correct. for the kingdom of God. Like and, talents, and right. And like giving it to God doesn't mean that you have to be in church. Like, singing in the choir and because that's dancing. also you can be a hypocrite and still do that so right it's, right it's living also by by example your your, your deeds your good deeds right good so if you, i mean like let's say you're a famous singer right mm -hmm. and you know you have all these people who win awards and they go on stage and they say first and foremost is god but mm -hmm. you know they're doing all kinds of crazy things mm -hmm. you know right, so right, it's right. like you know you, you use your talents for fame mm -hmm. and but you know 
people are still watching you and you're doing right. all these other things. Right. You know, you're not using these things responsibly. responsibly. So the responsibilities that we have can be taken away, right? Like God mm-hmm. gives us, we are responsible for ourselves mm-hmm. and for our actions, what we say and what we do. You know, we're, we are adults, right. you know, and we have to be accountable, you know, not only to ourselves, but to God, because Jesus said, I can come at any time. At any given time. And, Correct. you know, those 99 days that you were good. Those that 99 one, problems. <laughs> the mm. one day, the one day that you're not good. And right. you see, right, like you're going to be punished because yeah. you're supposed to know better. When yeah. you know better, you do better. And so, you know, I guess this message is for all of us, right? right? That right. we need to be wise and faithful servants. Mm-hmm. So we're always working in the kingdom of God. We're using our time, talents, and treasure. Whatever we're doing, we have to put God in it, right? Right. Like like I say before, like, you know, I I talk about about God at work. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's not appropriate, but the situation doesn't always call for it. But when there is an opportunity for me to share my faith, I share it. I share it because I want people to know that whatever I have, it's God given, you know, and, and, and I'm grateful to God. And that's one of the things that I always, I would say, like, I'm grateful to God. Amen. Amen. Grateful for his mercy and his grace. I love it. Amen. Um, so this was a really, really great discussion awesome. um, yes. about the wise and faithful servant. Yes. And we also talked about the unfaithful, unfaithful. servant. So. Can't forget them. We're going to pray for them. <laughs> and um, with that said, we're going to turn to announcements and prayers. See you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into our podcast today on the parable of the faithful and unfaithful servants. We hope you enjoyed the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next week with another podcast to discuss the parable of the talents. This parable can be found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, and in Luke chapter 19, verses 12 to 27. We will also host our next Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube next Wednesday, March 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Our YouTube channel is Treading Faith, which is also our Instagram handle. Please check out our Instagram page for any updates. Follow us and share. Lastly, our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, on our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. You can follow us and share with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Now let us join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55:11, God's word will not come back void. So while we pray the text of the Bible, we do so together in community because according to Matthew 18:20, when two or more are gathered in his name, he's present. Lord, Father God, we thank you. We bless you. We lift your name on high. We welcome you. We welcome you into our presence, not just today, but continuously in our daily lives. Father, while we wait on you, we pray for a spirit of obedience and patience. 
Oh, Father God, let us not give up on doing good works. Let us be wise and faithful servants who continue to do your good works to promote your kingdom. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We thank you, Father God, for the principle of reaping and sowing. Oh, Father God, that we know that if we continue to do good work and not give up, that we will sow seeds that we will reap the benefits of. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. We thank you, Father God, for renewed strength. Even on times when we feel like giving up, we know that we can count on you, Father God, to renew our spirits, to make us feel revived and refreshed so that we can continue plugging on, oh, Father God, trying to be good in your sight and doing the works, oh, Father God, that you have called us to do. You have blessed us with time, talent, and treasury, and we do not want to waste it. Philippians 1 6 says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Father God, we thank you that you have not given up on us, that you will see that the good works in us will come to completion. Oh, Father God, let the Holy Spirit minister to us. Father God, direct our path and order our steps. Oh, Father, surround us with people that can motivate us to continue to do the good work. Give us ideas. Give us motivation. Give us perseverance that we can continue to sow good seeds, oh, Father God. Because we know that the reward is in what reaches those in your kingdom. Those who do not know you, those who are struggling in their walk with you. Oh, Father God, we want to sow seeds of faith and love. We want to produce good fruit in your kingdom. Father God, we pray that we have integrity to continue to do the good work and not grow lazy just because we feel like you're far or we feel like it may be taking too long. Father God, produce in us perseverance. Proverbs 21.3 says, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. We thank God that we no longer have to bring sacrifices to the altar but we can present ourselves as sacrifices, present ourselves as right, as righteous sacrifices to you. That if we try our best, oh, Father God, that you will accept us as holy living sacrifices, that you will accept our good deeds, that you will accept what we do with our time, our talents, and our treasury as sacrifices to you. Psalms 25, 21 says, may integrity and uprightness preserve us as we wait on the Lord. Oh, Father God, let integrity preserve us. Let us not become the wicked servant who stops doing the work just because our father is not near. Father, we don't know when Jesus will return, but we surely know he will. So we always need to be about our father's business. 
not just because we are anticipating his return, but Father God, we know that this good work is what you have called us to do. And we're not doing it just for the reward, but Father God, we just want to be pleasing in your sight. Titus 2, 7 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in his teachings, show integrity and dignity. Father God, we don't want to do works and be prideful. We don't want to show off that we are doing the work of God because we feel like that is the right thing to do, or we feel like we need to be present on social media in front of our friends, in front of our peers at church, just acting like we're doing the work of God. We want the work of God to be in us, to be part of us, to be who we are, integral to our daily lives. So Father God created us a humble spirit that doesn't boast, that doesn't do things for show, but that does things for our Father in heaven, even when no one is looking. Colossians 3.12 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Oh, Father God, instill in us these fruits of the spirit so that we can walk humbly amongst our peers, oh, Father God, testifying to your good work. And even if we don't speak, let us be an example of your good work, oh, Father God. Let our compassion, our kindness, our humility, meekness, and patience be a testament to who our Father is above. Proverbs 22, 4 says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Oh, Father God, we pray that we can be humble. We pray that we will be rewarded for our humility, that we will never feel like all this work goes unnoticed or that is for nothing, that even when no one is looking, that we continue because our reward is with you, oh, Father God, and we do this for you. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So that the testing of our faith, we can discern the will of God and what is good, acceptable, and perfect to him. Father God, we struggle in this world. And in this world where we we have to put everything on blast and show everyone what we're doing. Oh, Father God, creating us a humble spirit. Whatever needs to be promoted, oh, Father God, you promote it. Whatever needs to be shown, oh, Father God, you shine a light on it. Let our good works be for you. Oh, Father God, and let us be for ourselves and our and our our reconciliation with you so that we can be full and feel full and feel whole in your good glory. Oh, Father God, we ask that you hear our prayer. We ask that you you humble us and you give us these spirits of of fruitfulness, these spirits of hard work, oh, Father God, these spirits of love and kindness and patience. Oh, Father God, we, we hope that you create in us a mind that doesn't stick to the ways of the world, but sticks to the ways of the kingdom of heaven that we keep our mind focused on you, our sights focused on you, that we continue to be good, wise, and faithful servants, that we don't squander the time, talent, and treasury that you have given us, but that we put it to good use 
oh Father God, here and for the kingdom of you, for your glory and for the return of Jesus. Father, we know that our prayers are strengthened in numbers because Matthew 18, 19 says, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask, it will be done for us by our Father in heaven. So we ask that all of you come into agreement with us for this prayer and say amen, 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 and amen. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for this prayer. We love you and we want you to have a blessed week. Bye.